Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC review discussion. I'm Derek. I'm here with John. Hey, buddy. Hey, bud. How you doing, and pal? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I, well, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Let's stick with that. It's been doing a year. Pretty good. It's been a year. It's been a month. It's been a week. Um, it's been a unit of time. <laughs> we are here today uh, to discuss the Diofield Chronicle which both of us were granted review codes for by Square Enix. So thank you to Square Enix for the opportunity. Um, you know, you got a review code for the Switch. For the correct? Switch, that's correct. And I got a review code for PC. So uh, I'll be actually kind of interested because I only played on mouse and keyboard. So and, I've actually and got reasons, some things to say about that too. Yeah, for reasons we'll get into, this is this is a kind of an interesting game to... Uh, to, to try and imagine playing on these different platforms. So the Dealfield Chronicle has not had a lot of pre-release noise in terms of marketing. I remember it being at a Nintendo Direct, right? It was. That's when it was initially announced. Uh, I believe it was the same one. It was the one in February, right? The same one where we uh, they announced Live Alive and Front Mission and and, and all that stuff. Um, I thought it was like the summer one. Maybe it was the summer one. I'm not sure. Dude, time, dude, time, time is a circle. Time um, is a is a circle. But, but um, this oh, is this is from a uh, it's it's from the studio that did Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey, if I remember right. I uh, think it, it's, so. it's 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 that developer working right. under Square Enix. Um, it is a the best way I can describe it is it is a real time strategy RPG. So it's there's clearly a lot of influence from like Fire Emblem in this game in terms of kind of setting and some ideas and how mechanics should work, but it ends up playing closer to like a MOBA, right? Yeah, like, kind of. I, I mean, I would say something more like Dawn of War two or like or world or like Warcraft three or like, you know, like, like I haven't played Warcraft three. Well, like, well, like which I know is weird. One of those it's, points, it's, it's like a point and click PC game almost. Yes. Um, that's actually where when I started playing it on PC, I was like, oh, this feels very natural because I have my right. four units, yep. my four hero units, and I click and, and select them all and move them. Um, but it moves at a pace where I can imagine it not being overwhelming to use regular controls on like a gamepad or on another system. Um how how did the controls feel for you? Because this is a I think most people are going to play this on Switch. That's where it's marketed the most heavily. Switch is a very popular console for these kinds of games uh, for for JRPGs. But as a real time strategy RPG, how did this feel to control on oh, console? So it felt fine. Um, you know, I think I I, I can see how playing this. Uh, with a mouse and keyboard would be optimal because if you're playing it with a controller or undocked on switch, which is how I played it, um, there's a lot of holding down buttons and, you know, moving their cursor around. It's, it's not bad. Um, it, yeah. it, it's not it a feels bad thing. forgiving because again, the, the, the pace of gameplay is not super fast. There's not a ton of micromanagement, right? This isn't age of empires. I'm not building up a base and managing workers. You have four hero units on screen mm -hmm. at a time. And, and you control those four, and usually you're controlling either all four as a group or breaking them up into, like, two and two. Right. Occasionally moving one unit because of their specific type into a specific position. Like, um, you know, I love to get, like, an archer 
ready near where they're in range of an explosive barrel and then send my cavalier up to get a bunch of enemies attention and then run back and have the archer ready to fire whenever all the enemies are in range of the explosive barrels. Like that's about as micro management intensive as I think the game ever got for me. So I can, I don't think it's, it's that I don't think it should be too intimidating to play on a console was, was my bet. I don't so. no No, it's not, not at all. Um, and you know, I, w- one of the first things that stood out about the Diofield Chronicle to me is the art direction. Um, like, like first and foremost, that is the thing like, you know, more than controls, more than music, more than, you know, characterization was the, like the art direction of the game is sublime. I think um, the art direction is very interesting. I think where I would say, um, if I may give a preview of what the rest of our review discussion is going to look like, I think where the game shines is it is fun to play. I think it, it does have a good strategy RPG. It's got a very satisfying loop. gameplay. Yep. Um, and I do think it is aesthetically very interesting, even if I, th- I think in, in the parts where it is strong and it, that it is weak because it looks, it has, everything has this kind of toyetic feel. It does. Right? Well, well, in fact, Square actually called it like a diorama, like like they call it like di- like a diorama um, yeah. artwork. There's like, a lot of post-processing to give it, like everything has a very narrow depth of field, and there's tons of little floating particle effects and a lot of fogginess yeah. that kind of makes it look like, if you've ever seen macro photography, yes. right, where people take photos of, of, of tiny things or of toys, that kind of look permeates the whole game and i think that actually kind of hides how simple the models can be because like the character models aren't that bad but like the faces are kind of simplistic and the facial animations are kind of simplistic but it works well you kind of get a taste of that when you're when when you're when you're at your base right um yeah yeah because that because in game you've got this big overhead isometric and it doesn't matter as much and everything of course looks toyish because you have these little character models moving on a a cut out square map area that in some like summon animations even you zoom out and see that it looks like it's on top of a big square table right no but in the base, it's kind of a more traditional, like third-person control. It's like running around the the monastery and fire. In fire emblem, that's houses. exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah, but Only- you see, <laughs> you go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry, Derek. Go ahead, please. I was gonna say, but you see, like where the where a lot of the the detail and like the really beautiful lighting effects come into play, but mm-hmm. then also kind of how these character models and animations were not designed for big cinematic storytelling. Well, and, and you know, the th- like, this is one of those games that I felt, like, let's face it, the game probably had a, a, a middling budget, right? I, I um, think, I think, I think I said this on Twitter too, I think the game was not given a lot of money behind it. Um, I don't think it was meant to be like a gigantic scale project. Right. This was clearly not meant to be like a Dragon Quest level for sure project. But I think a talented team and good project management made a surprisingly large feeling well, and, game yeah. despite all that. Well, I mean, that, and a surprisingly I, polished game. They, I, I mean, I could like you know, and and I, I don't mean saying that the game has uh, obviously a lower a lower budget as an insult because the team obviously took every single penny of what they had and made it work. Well, um, I think we're also at a point in gaming where like, look, man, not everything can have 
an Assassin's Creed budget or a For Call sure. of Duty yeah. budget. And, and not everything does. And some of my um, favorite games have been cheaper indie titles that I've like that that clearly did not have anywhere close to the budget, but I still happily paid $60 for, right? So I think that's interesting in terms of looking at how a game feels and looks, but how much enjoyment I get out of it doesn't necessarily correlate to budget. So right. Like, I think we both agree this is like a tighter budget game, clearly, but it punches above its weight class. And there is a lot to love here, even if maybe the final product is is a little bit mixed. Well, and it's also important to remember that you were playing it on PC. I was playing it on Switch. So visually, you probably got a better experience than I Oh, did. well, I don't know. See, that's what's funny. Um, like, there's ray tracing in the game, um, and I'm not sure why. It doesn't strike me as the kind of game. <laughs> I mean, and, and the rate, like, the lighting effects in the game are gorgeous because of how it plays off all the little particle effects and the depths of field and all the material, you know, the, the they, they play with plasticky and metallic-y looking textures. I think very intentionally and the ray tracing can look very good on that. But in a lot of ways, this game might've benefited from being played on a small screen like the switch where it might've been less jarring to see these, these big serious cutscenes with, I these, can see that, you know, these lesser detail, like it's just, it's something you're not going to pay as much attention to on a handheld compared to on a computer monitor right in front of your face or a 60 inch television, um, which Again, like, I don't think the game looks bad. No, um, not at all. I, I think that people coming into this just need to understand that we're not getting a, uh, you know, a Final Fantasy. Like, the, the, the models are really good, but do not expect Final Fantasy level, like, facial yeah, animation. No, you're not going to get that. Lip syncing and all that kind of stuff. Now, I, um, uh, what I will say is I, I think like from like from a visual standpoint, I think where this game shines the most is the actual character artwork. Um, oh, the character artwork, it's just the 2D sumptuous. artwork for like portraits. Is, yeah, mm, it is. So and Square has been on that's such that a good roll Square with that. Enix yeah. RPG artwork <laughs> like that, that, that some some real time and care went into that. And it look they look phenomenal like they actually like they looked so good that like they leaped out at me i was like oh wow i was like it's some all-time great character artwork there's really really no doubting that and what so the music is not only excellent but i was it also felt very familiar to me i was like i was and and do you know why derek Hmm. because the composer is ramin jawadi who composed the game of thrones oh shit well ramin jawadi's been all over yeah. the industry but but i yeah. but i i did not know that until that's uh, super yeah. cool that's crazy to think that um but yeah like it, it's it's again aesthetically in terms of the visual and audio experience it's very good well okay i'm gonna put one caveat on that i don't think the english voice acting is very good it's um it's fine. i don't think that's i don't think it's a knock on the actors they did not get very strong voice direction. It's right. it's pretty clear. There's moments of hearing good acting, but it's not fitting for the moment. Like the tone isn't right. It's discontiguous. You can tell a bunch of decent actors got shuffled into boots and told to read a bunch of lines and we'll stitch together later. And it, it just right. it didn't work for me. Um, I played a lot of the game in English and eventually switched it to Japanese. Um, although when I did that, I still did miss my girl Rickles and her ridiculous accent. So, so I was, I was actually going well, you know, Derek, it's funny you mentioned that I was actually going to get into characterization next. Um, 
So, and, and to be clear for anyone listening, uh, so uh, there's eight chat, there's like eight chapters in the game. Derek's getting close to the end. You're chapter six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I finished it. Uh, I, I, I finished it actually shortly before we, we started recording here. Um, and characterization is good f- depending on who we're talking about. Um, my, my, tell me if, if you think my read is, is wrong. Um, because I, I think that story is where the game tends to suffer. I would agree. Um, we can get into more detail about that in a second. Um, but I think that character wise can be a little bit more interesting because there's definitely, it's a pretty good size ensemble cast of troops that you gather. It is uh, yep. some of them being more important to the story than others. It, some uh, of them are some of them are just there as like I'm an yeah, ally. Some of them are just fillers yeah. for like you needed another uh, warrior type. I needed another magic user. Yeah. Again, that's Fire Emblem, right? Like right. that's gonna happen. But I did find that several of these characters had a lot of charm and a lot of personality and rickles 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 fucking rules we My fucking girl, dude, rickles we love and respect rickles on this yeah, podcast this is this is a rickles appreciation podcast um i just but i love that she has that personality and they named her rickles this is great like, it's I, great I just, my little spunky irish archer girl i love her um but you know uh i, I love walter quinn uh, Walter I, like, Quinn is I, cool. I hate her, but I like I love her. Right, uh, Donovar is, is another standout. I thought yes, yes, um, for sure. Like there's 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 quite a few really good, really well written characters who are very interesting and and give off the impression of three dimensionality. Right, despite not really many of them getting a lot of time to tell any story about themselves or getting any kind of character arc they still leave enough impression that there's, this is a person who has a life that was going on before right. this war. Um, before the deal field Chronicle be even began. Yeah. So it's a little uneven, but you know, I think there's a lot of characters in there to like, um, and the ones you don't like as much can, can go on the bench. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You've got, you do not need, um, God, is there permadeath? I don't think so. I did. I never I, like permanently lost anybody yeah, in this game. I played I through on normal difficulty. I did see there were multiple difficulty yeah, selections. I played through on normal as well, but at no point, like I had units get incapacitated, but I always managed to revive them before the yeah, end. Yeah. I never actually lost. I don't think there's permadeath because yeah. I mean, it never happened to me. So yeah. Um, but then again, I was always able to revive them before the end of the battle. So. Right. Right. So, but the fact that we were able to do that, you know, on our first playthrough on normal difficulty speaks to, I think this is a game that, that can be pretty approachable to people who are, I think so. Um, somewhat acquainted with strategy RPGs. I did not find this to be too hard. I didn't find it to be a pushover. No, I no. I thought that the, the balance of, of progression of unlocking new like weapons and getting more gold to buy equipment and getting more rare materials to, like, I think if you play through the game and play through all the side missions and, and complete your sub objectives and get the most of everything, the game stays pretty breezy. To play. Well, and you know, you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, <coughs> excuse me, um, when you talk about, you know, the breezy nature of, of actually playing through the story. Like, I didn't I, feel like I had to grind. Well, no, not at all. And, and which, I, I want I, I want to yeah. specifically call out the the side quests, which really normally are just like conversations that you have with people um, and you'll get some, some uh, gold, get some gold. It's gold. 
Um, but uh, I, I love saying gold. Gold. It's like G U L D. Yeah. Gold. Gould. 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 Spooky. We're getting close to October. Oh, we're getting close to the Gould. Uh, but it, we're <laughs> fucking idiots. We're a, wow. But uh, but yeah, no side quests are normally just like you know you run here, you talk to somebody, you get some gould, uh, or you know you go do an do do a task, you get some gould. Um, you know I never found them to be uh incredibly uh, obtrusive. The um, ones that involve actually doing a mission. I mean, missions in the game are not. Yeah. A, a huge time investment. They're not. No. Right? Like most of them have re- like bonus rewards you get for completing them under six minutes or under eight minutes. And I I pretty much never felt like I was rushing to beat that clock. I never I felt like, like I was getting rushed either. Yeah. So these missions are not like, okay, well, I got to put 30 minutes into a mission for the side quest. Um, one of the ones, again, I, I joked about this on Twitter. There's a, a side quest early on where you talk to the uh, the the mess hall cook, and he's like, everybody hates my food. Go find out why. And it's his spices or something. Yeah, and you it's, go you yeah. go talk to you go talk to Isolaire, uh, who's yeah, one of your starting characters, and she's like, yeah, the, he uses too much seasoning. And I was it's, just like, don't tell on yourself, white it, girl. It, it reminded <laughs> honestly, it reminded me of uh, it reminded me of that scene from Goodfellas when they're in the prison making. So he's like, Vinay. Don't put don't put too many onions in the sauce. And he's like, yeah. I didn't put too many onions, Paul. Three but, three, three small onions. That's all I did. But uh, you get you get uh, you also get missions where it's like, oh yeah, uh, nobles uh, these nobles suck, and you got to go depose them. And which is cool. Just, I mean, nobles generally that. suck. Um, the, both games, in games the game the game is life. has moments where its writing is just fucking great. Right. Like not Final Fantasy Tactics screenshot level. Great. But getting up there. Um, I sent you that one line that I really loved that was like faith may illuminate um, the the human soul, but the church are not in a position, you know, to be the ones providing it or something like that. And it was like, fuck, yes. (laughs) You know, there's something actually there's something else I wanted to mention. Um, There, this game had some surprises for me, and I think the biggest surprise for me, uh, and this hit me when I, uh, the first time I played the demo, actually, I, I played the demo and carried all my progress over to the, uh, you know, you know, to the game when we got our our codes. But um, the big surprise for me were things like the Magilumic orbs, um, yeah, the summons, like the summons, right? Like, because like you start the demo off, and then all of a sudden it's like Bahamut, like Bahamut's here, and it is no shit, like Final Fantasy style Bahamut dropping in to to you know drop some mega flare action it's not really called yeah. mega flare but it's, it's the same damn thing it's a lot of off-brand final fantasy summons but like yeah it's good shit it's good shit i like it um by the way because you mentioned the demo this is something that i think is very very important um i'm presuming this demo is going to continue to be available that's usually I the case so, with these yeah. types of games um the the demo covers all of chapter one and your progress carries forward. Right. So because this is a game that I think is very like I really enjoyed the gameplay and I think the gameplay is what carried me through most of this. Um, obviously, it's going to be most simplistic in chapter one before things open up more and you get more of the stuff to manage at base, more of the unit types. But like, you know, download the demo. Right. And like if you like it, if you think, hey, I want to see this, but more and with more complexity, 
you know, I, 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 I do not see why you would buy this site unseen without playing that demo. Well, and you know, Derek, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause this is something I, I, I wanted to bring up. Um, okay. Everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of square tactical RPGs, like final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre. Um, if you've played and love those games and you haven't played Dio field, don't go into this expecting final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre. You're not going to get it. Um, I, the gameplay style is very different. Um, as Derek and I were, have, have, have kind of, you know, made the point. This is, this is a, this is a true real time strategy RPG and the gameplay loop is incredibly satisfying and, and incredibly cool. But, um, if you're going in for something that is more grid based, more turn based, you're not going to get it here. So, so I urge you to download the demo and, and see if this is for you. Yeah, this um, is a circles tactics game, not a right. squares tactics game. Exactly. Or yeah. the rare hexagon tactics games. Yeah, like the, this is like like we said at the beginning, this plays more. It reminds me more of like a point and click PC strategy game. Yeah, it reminds it me a lot else. of something like Dawn of War 2, you know, uh, yeah. which is a very specific point to make. But, you know, again, MOBA, not the worst way to explain it. Um, what's interesting is, and I'm going to give the gameplay this as well, is there's a decent variety in mission and map structure, right? I mean, in the first couple of chapters, you're going to run through aggressive missions where you've got to clear a map of enemies, missions where you need to, there's a great mission early on where you need to escort a cart. Uh, through like a winding mountain path and you can take shortcuts around the barricades to like sneak up behind bandits and you've got to split your team up a couple times to like, oh, you've got enemies coming up the path behind you towards the cart. You've got missions where you need to defend a point, like a barricade or a gate or a passage through and you can't let anybody pass it as enemies come at you and you almost end up in like a tower defense style setup. Like they do a lot with the gameplay variety within this system. They do. And, um, you know, ultimately, I think this is a win for, for, for square, um, on, on many levels. Uh, it, it's not my, it's not my favorite game of the year, but, but that is simply because this is, like I'm not usually huge on these t- kinds of you know real time strategy RPGs. I usually generally go for something more grid based and turn based. So the fact that I enjoyed the gameplay loop as much as I did says says something about the quality of the yeah. game, in my opinion. I would say I'm a big strategy RPG person. I like RTS games, even though I'm traditionally not good at them. And like I I enjoyed playing this. Um, I feel no compulsion to revisit it probably, mm-hmm. but I I ended up liking this a lot more than I thought I would. I was expecting that I wouldn't play this game and it would be no great loss. And yeah. in the end, I do think that there's parts of this game that are going to stick with me. I do think I'm going to remember this game mostly with fondness. Um, now I heard from you, the ending sucks shit. And I've heard from a couple other people. The ending sucks shit. I was so, not, I was not a fan of the ending. Yeah. That there is all. a last minute, like, bleh. so, you know, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes that's, the, that's, that's unfortunately common in big JRPGs. Right. Right. Like <laughs> we were joking, but like a lot of fire emblem games fall apart towards the end, or at least don't know how to come off of their high point. Um, 
a lot of look as much as we are a final fantasy fan cast yes, a lot are. of final fantasy games that really fall apart in that last you know 20 percent of the game but there's also some so. final fantasy games that fall apart in the first one percent of the game like final fantasy 8 but i'm um, gonna fucking fight you <laughs> um but but but, but no here. like well like and i want to point out like like some people may love the end of the game. I personally, it just, it just, it kind of, it, it fell flat for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a personal thing. It's I don't want to go taste. too into it. Um, right. I think it's, I think it's going to not hit with a lot of people from, from what I've, I've read from a couple other reviewers uh, and, and other people we know who have, who have gotten review copies and are still working on it. Um, yeah. I don't think that ending is going to hit with most folks, but I don't think it will either, you know, I've played other games with truly awful endings and still enjoyed them. You know, Absolutely. I mean, you take the good with the bad. So no, I don't regret any of my time, any time that I spent with Diophil Chronicle. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to revisit it in the future, right? If if I'm going to spend the time to revisit a JRPG or a strategy RPG, like there are better ones out there for me to go back to and re-experience. But you know, for something fresh. This is a good time for strategy RPGs, you know, and I think this is a solid one and it's kind of unique. And I think there's a lot of of interesting characters and scenarios that will stick with me uh, well after this game is passed. Well, uh, Derek, you got anything else you wanted to say about Do You Feel Chronicle? That's I think that that about summarizes it, right? Yeah, like, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's 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 a bit of a mixed bag. I think it's mostly enjoyable. Please download the demo uh, and play through it in its entirety. And then if you like it, purchase the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go because, find out for yourself. But don't don't fucking buy this game blind. Like I actually love that. And, and Square Enix has been doing this a lot. And I've seen it from lot, some other yeah. publishers too. Nintendo has done it a, a couple times. Um, right. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, keep releasing demos for games that are just the first, the first little bit of the game where your progress carries over. That is so good for consumers. That's so good for players to get that opportunity to know what they're getting into before they buy in. Um, and and I think in the in the, in the example of Diofield, I think it shows a, a pretty decent showing right up front and lets people know exactly what the good parts are of what they're getting into. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Derek, I, Derek, not only did I enjoy my time with the game, I enjoyed my time with you. Oh, it's always good talking to you, buddy. And uh, you want to bring us home? Yeah. So, uh, fuck. I'm not really prepared for this part. I we can are do it live. if you want me to. We are live every Thursday night, almost every Thursday night, except for the weeks that we don't feel like it. Uh, we have the big <laughs> sads. Uh <laughs> Every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where we talk about latest gaming news, what we've been playing, things like that, showcase a variety of wonderful guests. Uh, we put up other content every now and again. Uh, we have. We're, uh, we're a medium sized yeah. gaming podcast. Yeah. We're great. I don't want to talk about like time specific stuff like the charity event. Yeah. Because who fucking we, knows yeah. when people are going to listen to this? Um, but yeah, tune into SDGC Live Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And remember, Kindness, it costs nothing. Very good. See you later, folks.